If you see them inside, it's probably too late. Termites, that is. Notorious timber tooth Ted and his swarm of outlaws are always on the trail to the next meal, which might just be your house. But these home wreckers are no match for Terminex. With quick draw expertise and specialized training guaranteed to protect your home. That's been the truth around here for 75 years, and it ain't gonna change. Visit TrustTerminex.com to keep these pesky outlaws dead or outside. Hi, I'm Allie Raisman. I've been living with migraine for a while. As an athlete and gymnast, I was taught to just power through the pain. Now I use Ubrelvi or Ubrojapan to treat my migraine attacks. As soon as I feel a migraine attack, I take Ubrelvi, which provides me with quick relief. Once I get relief, I go on with my day. I'm partnering with Ubrelvi to share my migraine story. Ubrelvi quickly stops migraine in its tracks within two hours without worrying where you are. Most people had quick pain relief within two hours. Ubrelvi treats migraine attacks in adults and is not for prevention. It's available by prescription only. Do not take Ubrelvi with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors. Tell your healthcare provider about all the medicines you take. Most common side effects are nausea and tiredness. My hope is that by sharing my migraine story and the relief I get from Ubrelvi, it can help someone else. Ask your doctor about Ubrelvi, the anytime, anywhere migraine medicine. Learn more at ubrelvy.com or call 844-4-U-B-R-E-L-V-Y. Sponsored by AbbVie. I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I'm no, you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor. A teacher. A clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble. And I know it. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Who's who we have tonight? Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. One of the comments I hear most frequently about the predators I've caught is, Oh my God, these guys are so stupid. How is it that they could walk in there time after time after time, only to be confronted by me and then arrested by a law enforcement agency? Well, the truth is, some of them are very smart. Some of them are professionals, doctors we've seen, teachers, as you know. And just a, a week ago, as I mentioned in our last episode, we busted not only a police officer who was a school administrator, but also a vice president of operations at a major company. Those stories will be coming up very soon. In this episode, though, we're going to take a look at somebody who may not have been the sharpest knife in the drawer. Scooby-Doo, 
Ruh-Roh, it's Dennis Coulson. Dennis didn't set any records on the Mensa charts, but I always argue that it doesn't matter how bright these guys are, they still pose a danger to children. And such is the case with Dennis Colson. Dennis was 23 years old, and he surfaced in our Georgia investigation that we conducted in July of 2006. He went, as I mentioned, by the screen name Scooby-Doo, and he approached a decoy posing as a 15-year-old girl who went by the screen name Poison Ivy Girl 92. Her name online was Izzy. And Georgia was a fascinating investigation. Georgia was the first time where we not only had a sheriff's department, the Harris County Sheriff's Department in Georgia, then led by Sheriff Mike Jolly, who was a great guy, great professional. But it was a task force. So there was the sheriff's department. There was local police. There were agents from Homeland Security. And it really was a testament to how law enforcement can work together for a very good cause. The actual home that we used in the investigation was in Fortson, Georgia, which is a rural area not far from Columbus, Georgia. And it was a nice house. I remember it was uh, a little bit infested with insects when we got there and some of the crew saw some snakes on the property, but we got that cleaned up. And within a matter of days, we had 20-some men who surfaced to have sex with a boy or a girl. And in Georgia, we saw for the first time sentences that were very severe. And I'll get into that in a little bit. But Dennis, because of the rural area of this sting house, had a difficult time finding it. He started chatting one night, and I'll get into the chat logs in a minute. And about four days later... Dennis decided to make the trip to consummate his sexual liaison with a 15-year-old girl after a very graphic conversation. One of the reasons he had a hard time finding the joint and one of the challenges of this investigation was that in the middle of all this, the Yahoo servers on the West Coast went down. There was a major fire in the area. And it affected the power to the servers. And so we were in a very difficult situation. And I've talked about this a little bit before, but we had guys coming to the house who we couldn't direct. We had conversations that were cut off midstream between decoys from Perverted Justice, the online watchdog group, and the potential predators. And we couldn't be approached by any predators in Yahoo because of this outage. So ultimately... We had to take a break in the middle of the investigation, which personally worked out well for me in a a bit of a tragic way. I had lost two good friends in a bizarre explosion, a husband and wife in Wisconsin, and the funeral happened to be during that period of time. So I was able to attend, and, and that's a whole story on its own for another day. But I was able to do that, get back, and we restarted our investigation. But before we took that break, the people with perverted justice were able to continue the communication with Dennis Colson and guide him from the Atlanta suburbs to Fortson, Georgia. 
And it was a bit of a ride. It was more than an hour. I think it was like 90 minutes to get there. And at the time, and I believe he still is, Dennis Colson was an electrician. He had a good job. He now owns a home. He did some prison time, and I'll get into that in a minute. But he was absolutely, based on the chats, enthralled, consumed with the fantasy or fulfilling this fantasy of having sex with a 15-year-old girl. Let me give you a sense of Dennis Colson from the chats. The conversation starts out like many do. Hey, what's up, says Scooby-Doo. Poison Ivy Girl 92, not much. What's up with you? ASL, chillin', about to go out, he says. Cool, yeah, gotta take a break from the work week someday. Where are you going, she says. To a bar. Cool, yeah, so what are you doing tonight? Age, location. She tells him right away, now this is just seconds into the conversation, that she's 15 and a female. 15, you're a youngin', he says. Then he announces that he's 23, male, from Georgia. Oh, you're not too old, lol. I got eight years on you. Wow, you're a cutie, he says. I wish I was 15 to 17, meaning he would be within the legal range of having sex with a girl. I'd be all over you like white on rice, JK joking. Well, he really wasn't joking. This is how many of these guys conduct their grooming, and it's a, it's a way in to see how the child will react. Probing, if you will. Then there's talk of whether or not she has a dog. He says, damn, I wish I was your puppy. He is in a damn good spot. Wow, that was a joke, he says. Let me stop before I get into trouble. He already knows he's tiptoeing around having an inappropriate conversation with a minor. You might go tell on me, says Scooby-Doo. Yeah, right, she says. Daddy, this guy's being a jerk. You're not being a jerk, she says. I'm just trying to make you laugh. Well, he's trying something else as well. Okie dokie, she says. Then he cuts in, you there? Yeah, where you go? So what kind of music do you like, he wonders. She said she had to go grab a drink. Rock and pop. They talk about dancing. They talk about music some more. And then he focuses right back in on the inappropriate nature of this conversation and potential meetup. He says, I'm telling myself to stop bullshitting. I bet you got a nice ass. Sorry if that's rude. No, LOL. It's cool, she says. Damn, I wish I was 17. I'd take you out on a date and have you laugh it all night long. That would be cool, she says. I like funny guys the best. That's one thing I'm good at, says Scooby-Doo. Why can't you be older, he wonders. I don't know. Blame my mom. Damn, this drink is getting me fucked up, he says. So now he's blaming everything from here on on the fact that he's been drinking. That, of course, is not a defense. He goes on to tell her that he works in construction. He says he weighs about 240 pounds and can bench press about 260. Not all muscle, though. She says, that's cool. You sound really strong, she says. I guess, but I'm still too bad for you. But then he says, but good girls like bad boys. Ha ha. He asks about piercings. She says, just my ears. Don't have enough tongue experience to get a tongue piercing yet? Sorry, that was a joke. Again, more probing. I'm a smartass. I don't think before I speak. 
He doesn't think before he does a lot of things, as you'll hear in a minute. That was rude, I'm sorry, he says. But he will continue over the next four days to say things that are even more rude. And you have to wonder at this point, isn't there anybody else that a 23-year-old who's got a job, who has money, he has a car, he has the ability to go out to a bar, isn't there somebody his age he could talk to? Apparently, he doesn't want to talk to somebody his age. He wants to talk to this 15-year-old girl. And then he gets more precise, more pinpointed with his sexual interrogation. You still a virgin? He asks. No. When did you lose it? In January. Okay. Are you of Asian descent? No, I'm Latina, she says. Even better, he says. You like white guys? Yes, I don't care about race. Latina girls like really sexy men, though. I'm too extremely sexy. Yeah, not so much as you'll hear when he walks into the house. Then they talk about checking out each other's pictures on different online profiles. He says, you got a really pretty face. I saw your pic on your profile, and you're cute. Thank you, she says. But you're beautiful. Fine as hell. I wish you had a pic from the behind view. LOL. She says, check out my pics, says Scooby-Doo. You will have a good laugh, I promise. Then they talk about a cell phone. Then he asks if she has a cell phone. He's getting to the point where he's going to try to start to close the deal here. I just want to give you a big old hug. Aw, that would be nice, she says. Just pick you up and squeeze you tight. Maybe a soft kiss on your neck. That would be awesome to meet up, she says. Yeah, do you really want to, or are you just joking with me? Only if you hug me back, he says. No, I'm for real. Well, yeah, I would, she says. As long as you're not trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> you don't even know, Scooby-Doo, what kind of trouble you're about to get into. Well, then, he says, hell yeah, I want to meet up. Take you on a picnic or something just to get to know each other. Well, he's already established how he wants to get to know her. He asks about her parents. If we chill, your rents will probably be home. No, they won't, she says. I don't want them there, she says. What happens if they showed up? That would be a risky move. I'm not scared. I just don't have the whole six-pack thing. I don't know what that has to do exactly with the parents showing up, but he's apparently alluding to some talk earlier about going in the hot tub as well. I don't want a parent showing up. I could end up in jail in that situation. I told you they're working this weekend, she says. They just can't come home. That's risky. I'd be nervous the whole time I was there. That's kind of crazy, she says. Because I had guys over before. They were never freaked. Were they 23? One was 20, so I guess that's kind of close. Really? If you're positive, it's safe, he says. They never come home early before? Nope. They call before they come most times to see if I want food. Are you going to be a tease? I'm not a tease, she says. I'm a flirt. Me too, he says. You're just making me, me, uh, uh, you know, she says, lol. So do you trim down there? This question comes up over and over in these transcripts. These predators are obsessed with that question. Then he says, so what size bra are you? 34B, she says. That's the sexiest size, he responds. I'm going to kiss your neck, 
That would be cool, she says. I like to kiss. I like to cuddle, too, he says. See now, if you wore a skirt with no panties, I might start rubbing unmentionables. LOL, so, she says. Maybe we gotta see how everything pans out. We can't jump the gun. I sense that he's less worried about jumping the gun for any moral or ethical reasons. Obviously, he knows he's talking to a 15-year-old than jumping the gun and getting caught. And then, just to show what a kind and caring predator he really is, there's more talk about sex, where he says, I wouldn't finish in your mouth unless you wanted me to. Unless, by the way, is spelled I-N-L-E-S-S. Okay, kind of tastes funny, LOL. Did you swallow it, he wants to know? Yeah. Did that bother you? No. So you would do that again? Yeah. You're getting me there again. He he, she says. A skirt with a thong and a tight tank top would make me ooh, 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 he says. LOL, she says. Or a skirt with no panties and a bra, if you really wanted to tease me. Again, he's acting out this fantasy, and this is the point where we see... Some guys just back off because what they want is the online chat, the fantasy. They'll masturbate to it or try to get the girl to send a sexy picture and they don't show up. But this guy, Dennis Colson, Scooby-Doo, is determined to see things through. And then he takes it even further. So you ever done anal? No, never did that, she says. Kind of think it would hurt. It probably would, says Scooby-Doo. I've never tried it, kind of always wanted to. So now he's again probing, figuratively and literally. And now he crosses the line for the last time. I'm willing to take my chances. And then, after four days of chatting, Dennis Colson gets in his car and makes the 90-minute or so trip to our Stinghouse in Fortson. But not before getting lost, as I mentioned earlier. In fact, there's a telephone conversation between one of the perverted justice decoys and Dennis as he's trying to find the place. Take a listen. Hello? Hi, DJ. What's up? Hey, what's up with you? Yeah, sure, what you doing? Oh, not much. Where you at? online. You're not online. How come you're not? I hey, all my friends are better. Oh, cool. You do anything fun? Oh, I hope so. We'll find out. Cool. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. Dennis isn't the most verbally articulate predator I've ever caught, but he basically engages in chit-chat and says that he was going to hang out with a friend for his birthday. And then the conversation changes. What's your hotel? Oh, nothing fun. Just chatting. My phone is so funny. Huh? Uh, something's wrong with my phone, so I can't talk long. Oh, uh, what's wrong with it? I don't know. It's going right. kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Cool, baby. I know. Sucks. What do you want to do on Friday? Uh, hello? Huh? Hello? 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 Oh, it's you. Hello? Hello? And as you can hear, there wasn't a lot of activity. He basically asks, what do you want to do on Friday? And then there's a communication problem. And my recollection is, is that the, the decoy, the perverted justice volunteer who was on the phone, sensed that he was suspicious of something, so she got off. But he got back on the phone later with another 
decoy, perverted justice volunteer, who helped guide him in. And he expresses frustration several times during this period where he's driving over. And when he finally gets there to the house, he pulls up, he's got these long denim shorts on, and he's got a little goatee, glasses, and he walks into the house and right away he talks about what took him so long and says if somebody could give good directions, then now he's blaming the 15-year-old girl for giving bad directions for him to come over there and rape her. The decoy, the on-site decoy, I should say, in this particular investigation was a young woman named Emily, who was 19 but looked a lot younger. She was great, theater student. And because this particular scenario involved a brunette, she had to pop on a wig, which she did, and she went to the door with a laundry basket to buy some time, and she said she was going to get some stuff out of the dryer, and he walks in, and he starts chatting right away. Hey! Hey. Take you all and get here. Yeah, well, I'm taking good directions for the bridge. I'm just taking stuff out of the dryer. It'll take a second. I'm making some sweet tea. Oh, Why don't you stop putting sugar in there? You can take your tea. I decided I'm going to shake this stuff out. All right. I like your roster sheets. Say what? Now, Dennis is a big guy, as I mentioned earlier. He was every bit of the 240 pounds he mentioned in the chat. He's got his shorts on, a ball cap, and a plaid shirt. And immediately he wants to know who I am. He doesn't even understand the depth of the trouble he's in, but he's about to. You have a hard time finding the place? Or? Yeah. Why don't you have a seat right over there? I'm good, thank you. I'm you got lost, huh? Yeah, who are you? Yeah. Well, who are you? I'm Dennis. Dennis, why don't you have a seat, Dennis? Yeah, what, what's going on? What made you get in a car on a Saturday night this late and drive an hour and a half to come to this house? I don't know, I was just bored and wanted to hang out. Just bored? Um, yeah, that's it. Bored and wanted to hang out? Just bored and wanted to hang out. He admits that everything he said online was inappropriate. But he claims, shocking surprise, that he wasn't actually going to do anything in our stinghouse that night. So how did you meet this girl? On the internet. On the internet. And what did you guys talk about? Just a lot of different things that I should have been talking about. Give me an example. Ask her to see the version. And why would you ask that question of a 15-year-old girl? I don't know. I'm sorry. I apologize. But I really did not have any plans to do anything tonight. And I, 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 I did not have a, any plans of doing anything at all tonight. I'm did not. you bring condoms? No, no, sir. I have condoms in my car at all. You had, well, then, so you did bring condoms. Yes, but I did not buy them. Yes, we established he brought condoms. Now, at this point, as you know, I sometimes try to inject a little bit of, not humor, but sarcasm into the situation. Because sometimes it's the most effective way i found of basically calling BS. He says he had condoms in his car for safety. I said, what do you mean, for, like, airbags or sexual safety? And <laughs> he's just so anxious and so determined to try to talk himself out of this that he just keeps on blabbering. So the answer to that question would be what? Yes, sir. You brought condoms? Yes, but they are for my... I mean, I have it for safety. For what? 
safety purpose. For airbags in the car in case you get in a crash? Exactly. For airbags in the car. No, it's for if I run to them. And I was experts, you know. Now, you have to imagine this scene because I'm getting into the transcripts in detail. He talks about what positions the girl has tried before, sexual positions. And he says, do you like doggy? At this point, Dennis gets up from the stool and he's pacing. I don't get the sense he's going to run. I think he knows that he's in trouble. He's trapped in a way. And he's going back and forth, walking in a circle, hands overhead. Oh, no, I'm stupid. I'm an idiot. Then you say, so do you ever masturbate to a 15-year-old girl? What positions have you tried? Hang on one second. What positions have you tried? Oh, God, I'm an idiot. At this point, he just wants me to stop reading the transcripts, which obviously I refuse to do. And I suppose I double down a little bit, getting into some more detail, including the fact that he asked the girl to erase the instant messages so her parents wouldn't see them. You know how to ride? You like doggy? And then you ask... Oh, God, stop. Okay. Just one more. You say, do you, you ask if you delete all those IMs when you're done, I'd hate to have your mom get nosy. Now, at this point, he's mostly concerned about whether or not he's going to go to jail. And I tell him I can't predict that, although I have a pretty good idea in reality. And that's when I announce exactly who I am. I don't get the sense that he had seen any of the predator investigations before. And out come the cameras, the sound men. I am not in charge of whether or not you go to jail, but here's what I can tell you, Scooby Doo. I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC, and we're doing a story on guys, men trying to meet teens on the internet. Now, you are obviously free to walk out of this house. But if there's anything else you'd like to tell us about what went on here tonight and what you did on the internet, we'd like to hear it. Maybe it's stupid. I'm a stupid man. That's, I mean, I do apologize. It's a very stupid thing, thing for me to do, but I really have no plans of doing anything tonight at all. I just want to hang out. That's it. I know something. I have no plans. I, 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 I'm just going to I didn't make no plans. I just came to hang out. That's it. I'm a stupid man. Well... This stupid man's situation is about to get worse because as he leaves, the Harris County Sheriff's Department and the task force working with it are working their way around the house in rural Forts in Georgia, about to arrest Scooby-Doo, Dennis Colson. On the ground! Get on the ground! Get on the ground! Put your hands behind your back! Put your hands behind your back! Now, if you watch the video, you could maybe come away with the impression that the sheriff's department and the task force were being a little aggressive. But think about this. I mean, you got 240 pounds of scared, angry Southern predator. And if I were a lawman, I'd do it the exact way. They had to get control of the situation. Now, he's whining and crying and saying that he can't go to jail. And while he was okay with doing all these aggressive sexual acts with a child, committing rape, altering that child's life forever, 
he's now going to be the big baby about going to jail. But it gets even weirder because when they get him to jail, they book him, they fingerprint him, and he keeps talking to my cameraman like it's some sort of a reality show, like it's the predator version of The Office or something. So he's making little comments along the way. Take a listen. What's up, man? How you doing? Doing pretty good? I just can't talk, huh? Yeah, sit there in a straight face. It'll be hard sometimes. So many people in this up situation. Yeah, you want to laugh. You got to get a little giggle off sometimes. You know, I know, I know you're just sitting there laughing inside. Hey, kids, don't f*** up. <laughs> it's a bad idea. And then he has to change into his traditional jail outfit. Black and white stripes. And this is where he shows his real pop culture intelligence. What he wants to say is that he looks like the Hamburglar, which is a character from the McDonald's restaurant chain commercials. The Hamburglar. He's in that same prison-striped outfit, jail-striped outfit, and he steals hamburgers. That's the commercial. But what he says is... Hamburger helper, man. I'm the hamburger helper. That's what he means, I'm pretty sure. And he's had a fast food night already. He had stopped at Taco Bell on the way over and filled his face before getting arrested. So they process him. And Dennis seems to think that his life and career may be over. He makes a weak attempt at killing himself after his arrest. He swallows a bunch of sleeping pills, but he survives. And ultimately, he goes through the court system. And just as professional as the Harris County Sheriff's Department was, along with the task force, the judicial system in Georgia was appropriately strict in the sentencing of these guys. One fellow in that investigation actually had 24 years in prison. He had a prior. In the case of Scooby-Doo, Dennis Colson, there was a 10-year sentence, and he actually had to do four, and then he got probation and registration as a sex offender. Now, as far as we can tell, Scooby-Doo has stayed out of any major trouble since he got out of prison in about 2009. He is back in Georgia, where he owns a home and is an electrician again. And I reached out to Dennis to see if he'd talk to me about this, and we have not heard back, but I will stay on it. And we'll see if this predator I've caught is willing to tell me how his life has changed since he surfaced in our investigation in Georgia, and if he learned a lesson from it. I hope he has. As you know, I like to hear from all of you. And appropriately, I've picked a question that was sent in from Atlanta, Georgia, not too far from where we did our sting operation and not too far from where Dennis Colson lives. And this week's question is from Thor, as I mentioned, from Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, Chris. This is Thor from Atlanta, Georgia. A big fan of the podcast and of all the work you do in your investigations. My question is, I've seen sometimes in your confrontations uh, towards the end when the camera crew comes out and everything, the people begin to ask questions, am I going to be on TV? And you usually respond telling them that no decisions have been made yet. But I've seen instances where they give you contact information after the fact and you tell them that you can let them know. Have you ever had one of those conversations where you've 
after the fact reached out to somebody to say, yeah, you're going to be on Dateline? And if so, what was that like? Uh, really enjoying the podcast, and I am looking forward to the new investigation. That's an excellent question, Thor. And yes, in many cases, I do say no decisions have been made, no editorial decisions have been made, but you're welcome to contact us and we exchange information. And we have over the years and still do reach out to the predators I've caught. One of the most memorable with whom we had communication was Rabbi David Kay. Just a matter of weeks after he surfaced in our investigation in Virginia outside Washington, D.C., Kay began calling my producer, Lynn Keller, and absolutely abusing her, threatening her, saying that we couldn't put this on television. I didn't have a personal conversation with him. It all went through Lynn. But he finally offered to do an interview if we didn't use the video from the Stinghouse and didn't identify him. We declined that on several occasions. And then right before that story was going to air, we reached out to him again and said, look, this is going to air, and we're going to give you one last chance to do an interview. Now, at this point, he's working for an organization in Washington, D.C. that educates American Jewish kids on American-Israeli relations and politics. And so he knows that he's going to be in trouble here when this airs. And so we tell him again that we're happy to do an interview, but we're using the video from the investigation and we're not going to hide your identity. And so we set up an interview appointment at the Ritz in Georgetown. And the crew is there. We have a suite. And I'm there with Ronnie Knight, my security person. And we really don't know what to expect, but we've made it absolutely clear that we're not cutting a deal here. That if you want to do an interview, we'll do an interview. And I'll never forget, I'm standing there with Ronnie having a cup of coffee, and in comes David Kay, and he's got an attitude, a sense of entitlement, authority, power. And he's clutching this cloth briefcase under his arm. And I don't know what he's got into it. I'm a little concerned. Ronnie's totally on point. I mean, he's watching this thing. And he sits down, and he orders me to sit down. And he says, this is how this interview is going to work. And again, he tells me that the interview will take place. I will not use the video from the sting, and I will not identify him. And I gently explain that he doesn't hold the power and authority here, and that we are going to use it all. And with that, he stands up abruptly and storms out of the door of the hotel. And that's the last time I saw him. Now, after that, he lost his job and he was prosecuted. The FBI started an investigation. He had a bench trial in front of a federal judge, was found guilty. And the judge actually found that he had perjured himself on the stand and departed upwards from the sentencing guidelines. And I think he got a little more than five years in prison. So that's... One of the cases where we've been in contact, and as I mentioned here in this episode, we do reach out to each one of the predators I've caught, who we feature on this podcast, and we're having some discussions that are hopeful in terms of getting some of these guys to do an interview, and I will keep you posted. As I mentioned at the top of this episode, we were out last week doing another predator investigation, 
I'm going to put a sampling of that up on the YouTube channel probably in the next week or 10 days, and I'll keep you posted on that. You can follow me on social media, Twitter, official Chris Hansen on Instagram, and you can always find me on Cameo and reach out to me at chris at predatorpodcast.com. Again, we really enjoy getting your questions, and especially if you can create an audio file and send it, that's great. If not, just shoot me the question and I'll answer it when we get to it. Stay safe, stay healthy. I'll be watching and listening.